Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Okay, today, low back pain, causes and solutions. Now, you might think this is like basic, simple stuff, but it's hugely important. Now, all this is going to be on the Dr. BVIP tonight. We're going to go over some case studies and what you can actually do. And this Sunday, I'm going to be on Extreme Health Academy for about, uh, usually they run an hour and a half to two hour webinar, which is really fun. But here, let's look at this. This is out of the Lancet. Um, And (laughs) the title of the article is What Low Back Pain Is and Why We Need to Pay pay Attention to It. Now, low back pain is the leading cause of disability in the world. Uh, for nearly all low, people with low back pain, it's not possible to identify a specific uh, nociceptive cause. And that's true if you're in the medical world. And so, so we're going to look at the physical, chemical, and emotional stress at how this is hugely um, missed. Now, um, when we look, there, we're talking, uh, and this is also out of the article, Initial high pain intensity causes psychological distress accompanying multiple body sites, um, persistent disabling low back pain. Um, now, so I'm going to give you the, the, the overview in a nutshell. Number one, when you have acute back pain, you do not, do not, do not heat the system. You don't want to put heat on it. Ice is going to be okay, but ice isn't going to help heal it. It'll just shrink the swelling of the tissue. Never lay on your back with your legs bent. That means, and a lot of physical therapists will recommend this, um, but what it does is it flattens out the discs and causes, uh, it will make you feel better, but it's damaging to the to the structure of the spine. Um, Number three, restore the curves instead of muscle stretching. A lot of people will will stand straight and bend over and touch their toes because it feels like you're stretching the muscle. The spine gets its strength from the curves, not the muscles. So we have to restore the curves. Now, movement is your friend, okay? And now, and I'm going to show you how to distract the joint, how to bend, turn, and twist, um, because the discs have a horrible blood supply. So you've got to induce motion to those discs in order to have the discs fill up with fluid, because discs are 70% water. And they get their nutrients through imbibition or through movement. Sucks that fluid in the disc. So movement is going to be the key. We're also going to show you how if you have a chair with arms or you back a couple of chairs up on either side where you can push down on that where your butt lifts off of the chair. And that's a a gentle distraction that almost anyone can do. Okay, And you want to go into extension, not flexion. So distraction, turning, and bending your, uh, increasing the curve in your low back is fantastic, but not bending forward. Now, when you're sitting, we're going to show a a way to use a rolled up towel or a water bottle. We use a very solid foam piece, but we're going to turn sitting into therapy. And this is going to help every trucker, pilot, office worker out there and then how to stabilize the, the pelvis. And this is with either a belt called a trochanter support, or you're sitting up straight with your legs out wide. That will also help. And the most important one is the twisting exercise. 
But this one has to be approved by your your chiropractor because you are going to be putting your structure at the limit. Okay, you're going to be stressing this out a lot, and that's hugely important. Now we have to look at the structure because your spine gets its strength from the curves, not from the muscles. And the curve in the low back um, creates a pressure on the disc. Now, the discs you're looking at um, are, are 80 interconnecting rings of ligamentous tissue. It's some of the toughest tissue in, in the world. In fact, when I was teaching human dissection, um, you literally could pass a, a probe, which, which is um, pretty, it's, it kind of looks like a pen, you can pass it through a bone pretty quick and pretty easy, but you can't beat it into a disc with a hammer because you're looking at eight interconnecting rings of ligamentous tissue. Now, the disc is highly innervated. Okay, so this is where, even if there's small bits of trauma to it, you're going to feel it. But it's really the back gets its strength from the curves. Um, now, when we talk about um, osteoarthritis, because a lot of people, if the spine has been misaligned for a while, there, there is arthritic changes to that spine, and that's the body actually stabilizing it. Now, this is called degenerative disc disease. Uh, it's also called osteoarthritis, but it's, it's not accurately named because arth means joint, itis means inflammation, and this is a non-inflammatory arthritis which doesn't make sense. I just said it's not inflammatory, but it's in an inflammatory category. Uh, so, and it's called degenerative disc disease, even though it's from a trauma. Uh, so there's a lot of things that weren't named correctly. But just know that the body is laying down the extra bone. If that disc gets compressed, the system becomes unstable. And that instability causes uh, the body to lay down extra bone to help stabilize um, the unstable structures. So I, I can't stress it how important uh, that, um, that is. You've got to um, de-stress out that area. Now, a lot of people will say, well, you know, on the MRI I showed a disc bulge, or the MRI didn't show a disc bulge. Well, MRIs are not accurate, and here's the problem. Um, the, the, Tesla, the measurement they're in is called Tesla. <clears throat> they have some t machines now that are three Tesla units, and these guys give a very, very clear picture. But it's a magnet spinning around your body, facing all the hydrogen ions in one direction, and, and then the computer interprets it. And there's, there's, you can see a lot with an MRI. The problem is, if you're laying down on a flat plate, um, you're, you're getting a distorted image because gravity is pushing down, the table's pushing up, and so you're not going to see it real accurate. Well, this is why they came up with weight-bearing MRIs, and you're getting totally different pictures. The problem is, they don't have a really powerful one. It's like... Um, you know, 0.8 of a Tesla or, or 1.8 of a Tesla. It's, it's not as powerful as the ones you lay down on. And the same with the open MRIs. Um, and a lot of times, if you're standing, you've got to stand for a half an hour 
And so this, if you have any kind of a pain and you've got to be still for a half an hour, and it, it depends on the clarity of the image, you may have to stand for 45 minutes because the, the magnet is that powerful. So just know that, that when we look at this, um, uh, here's a quote from Steve Brownstein, a board-certified medical radiologist. <clears throat> And this is the foreword to the essentials of skeletal radiology. Quote, significantly more pathologists discovered on an MRI scan done with the patient standing in neutral position or standing in extension compared to a conventional MRI, which the patient is in the recumbent position. And um, here's one. And there's the Department of Radiology, the Royal National Orthopedic College. Uh, supine magnetic resonance imagery is routinely used in the assessment of low back pain and radiculopathy. However, image findings often correlate poorly with clinical findings, and that was out of clinical radiology. So, so you can understand that that why um, if you're using the position and you're basing your information on what you're going to do with therapies to try and find the problem. Um, this is why, I mean, failed back surgery syndrome, there's actually a billing code for it now because surgeons fail so many times to alleviate the, the pain. And just, just think of the entire body. If you're looking at the entire body, um, it, you, then you're going to see sort of um, the body's going to have adaptations. There's going to be um, some other traumas in the past. It might not necessarily be the one pain in the low back with the one disc. It's called holistic, but it's really just common sense. You have to look at the entire structure. Now, 30% of all back issues are coming from the neck. You've got a 12 to 15 pound head. And if that head, for every one inch forward head carriage, the pressure on the disc double. If you have two, three inches of forward head carriage, or let's say you're down looking at your cell phone, this body posture flattens out the disc in the low back. It flattens out the curve in the low back. If you're standing, sitting at a desk with your head forward. So that body posture throughout the day is going to elicit symptoms. But to correct it, you've got to correct the entire body. Uh, now, the, the challenge is, um, what do most doctors do when you first get injured? Well, they give you a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory, ibuprofen, Advil, Motrin, Aleve, or Tylenol. Now, this decreases the cartilage production. Um, it inhibits proteoglycan production, which is the building product of cartilage, and it accelerates bone destruction. Now, where do I get this crazy information? Out of the American Journal of Medicine, 1999. This is why doctors don't see regeneration, because if you're giving a chemical that alters the body's ability to regenerate. Also, if, you're, if the person is, is in pain, they're in a sympathetic dominant state, they're in a stress state, that means blood supply to the gut's going to be shut down. So that has to be addressed. This is where juicing and blending or pre-digesting of the food. If they're in a chronic state of pain, their, their brain, we're talking short-term memory isn't going to be working. So this is going to induce brain fog. There's a host of, of complications that show up when the person's under stress. If their pain is there for, for days to weeks to months, 
man, you're talking misdiagnosis of high blood pressure or type 2 diabetes or all of this, these, these stress responses. Now, to identify where the pain is um, and where the lesion is, number one thing, I'd recommend taking an x-ray of the entire body. And I'm talking the neck, the pelvis, everything. So this way you can see um, evidence of past traumas, evidence of adaptations, because if you have pain in the low back, but your entire rib cage is shifted to the one side or the other, say an inch or two inches, that's going to completely change the biomechanics, completely. The, this is why you're going to be x-raying and looking at areas that the patient might not even know that is, is contributing to the problem. But we're in a psychotic world where only the patient's symptoms matter um, because doctors aren't running the show anymore. Bureaucrats that work for insurance companies are. Back in the old days when doctors actually made decisions in the best interest of their patient before governmental intervention, uh, it was you know, you had some really good doctors out there. Um, now, I'm going to bring up a couple of cases, uh, and this is going to be more um, technical, like how you assess a disc injury from, a, a, from an x-ray. Well, you bend them one side, bend them to the other side, okay? And then this way you can see if there's normal motion or abnormal motion. And then, um, and this is huge when you're looking at people who have had post-surgeries, now, we have uh, I, so many patients, okay, that have gone through surgery and they still have the pain. Now, what surgery? You name it. Okay, we're talking sinus surgery, neck surgery, shoulder surgery, um, meniscus surgery in the knees, knee replacement, hip replacement, okay, uh, the spinal surgeries, all of that stuff. So, the, the, and why? Do they fail 70% of the time, the, the failed back surgery syndrome? is because generally they're working off the information from an MRI and they're working in the wrong space. Then they give a chemical to make the patient feel comfortable because doctors are loving and caring. I mean, I don't want my patients to hurt either, but I'm not going to give them a drug that poisons their system and decreases how their body can regenerate. Now we have to look at the pelvis because when back pain is the leading cause of disability in the world, okay, the pelvis is hugely important. And this goes on anyone that's sitting on their butt during the day, like office workers, or if you fell on your butt, like gymnastics people or people that cross-country ski or motorcycle riders or horseback riders, anyone that's had pelvic trauma. Now, this is hugely important because there's no muscle that crosses the back half of the sacroiliac joint. You've got the piriformis crossing the front. So it's, it's held together by ligaments. The problem is if those ligaments are strained because of long-term low back issues or direct trauma, that pelvic instability is going to be a contributing factor. So if you've ever been misdiagnosed with piriformis syndrome, and I say misdiagnosed um, because if you're 30, 40, 50, 60 years old and all of a sudden your pelvis starts to malfunction and they say, yeah, it's your piriformis and it's just spasming out, think of an unstable pelvis. Think of an unstable pelvis, okay? 
because and and you need somebody to look at the entire structure to assess why that pelvis is unstable. But also there's clues. If you look at um, at the clues to um, uh, piriformis syndrome, look at the feet. If there's bunion formation, if there's a deviation of this, look at how the person's walking. There may be an old knee injury causing the gait to be off. So if, if someone's walking even and symmetrical, typically the pelvis is going to be even and symmetrical. If they're walking with a limp because they have a twisted ankle or hurt knee or altered mechanics, that limp and deviation is going to create abnormal mechanics in the entire structure. That's why you can't just have somebody saying you have uh, a muscle spasm, your quadratus lumborum is spasmed, or this. Well, why is it in spasm? you got to know that the muscles run down either side of the spine. And I'm talking that go from the, the base of the skull down to the top of the sacrum. They're not under conscious control. Okay, they're literally under proprioceptive control. So if you are um, scared, those muscles are going to increase in tone. This is why they say, you know, oh my gosh, I can feel the hair standing up on the back of my neck. Yeah, because under physical, chemical, emotional stress, those muscles fire off. And, and so they have to be addressed. That cause has to be addressed. And now... <laughs> It's interesting, okay, when you look at um, uh, surgery, because a lot of surgeons will say, spine surgeons, they quote, 98% success rate for fusion. What that is, is they're not figuring the reduction of pain. It's the person knocking out, doing the surgery correctly, uh, not having any infections, waking the person back up, and the person's alive with no infection. That's 98%. However, pain reduction, if you're fusing one level, uh, that's only 40 to 80%. Pain reduction if, success rate, if you fuse three levels, now it's 15%. So, so you've, you've got to look at, at the reality. Why is, is surgery such a poor success rate? And this is out of the Journal of Surgery and Neurology, 1998. And it's in the discussion part. And, well, I mean, if you look at workman's compensation patients, the success rate is only 29%. So, you know, you, we really got to rethink this. Um, according to the Mayo Clinic, steroid injections. And, again, this is extremely aggressive. Um, why they're doing it? They're looking at inflammation has the problem, except inflammation is how the body repairs itself. So it's never um, random inflammatory responses that your body isn't responsible for. So to take a needle and inject this, uh, an area to shrink the swelling of the tissue literally damages the structures. It damages the building products of the, of the cartilage. It damages the cells that build bone and the chondroblasts that build the cartilage. Um, it, according to the Mayo Clinic, here, quote, Steroid injections don't work for everyone, and repeated steroid injections can weaken nearby bones and connective tissue. End of quote. Mind-blowing. 
Um, so I'm going to go over, and there's actually a really cool video that's still up. It's how to correct a disc injury in three days. And I show how to assess it. I show how to correct it. And, and it's really just exactly what I'm describing here. I mean, I'm physically separating those joints and de-stressing de de out the spine and restoring the curve uh, so the body can recover. Now, um, and also tonight, we're going to go over actual things that you can do to decompress um, your system. And I'm going to try and, and have this film, but I'm going to show um, one of my doctors in, in Mexico how to de-stress out the, the spine. And just think of this, okay? So you need a water bottle, um, like a IKEA water bottle, four inch in diameter, a rolled up towel about four inches in diameter, or a foam piece four inches in diameter. Okay, four inches is about the right for everyone. Then you're sitting in a hardback chair. Bottom of the elbows is the bottom of the roll. And then um, sitting in a chair, you're going to put your hands on the arms of the chair and push down so your butt lifts off the chair a little bit. So think of this. You're getting a force loading going from the back to the front. Um, you're de-stressing out that joint. And it works fantastically well. And so this is how you can do self-distraction or tractioning from that joint at home. You can also hang from a bar. That'll distract it. But if you're hanging from a bar, what you want to do is add a little bit of twisting and turning while the body's under that distractive force. You, if you don't have a chair with arms, you can back up a couple of other chairs um, and put your arms over the top of that and push down with your forearms so your butt comes off of the table. Or, or the chair you're sitting in. Now, um, also, we've got to look at all of the structures, not just low back pain is going to be involved. We're looking at the entire pelvic floor because if you have an unstable pelvis, if you have back pain and you're in that sympathetic dominant state, you're talking erectile dysfunction, sexual dysfunction, bowel and bladder control can be off. You might have one poop a day if you're lucky, and all of that can contribute to feeling not good, and it's going to contribute to not healing. Uh, so you have got to look at every aspect of this. And then when we're assessing someone, we even give them exercises to stretch their calves, to get their knees working correctly. Um, we talk about stabilizing the pelvis with a trochanter support or sitting backward in a chair like a cowgirl because that's going to separate the legs and approximate the pelvis. Um, there's so many tricks that you can do, but you have to assess um, correctly. You've got to find the problem. It's not generally where the pain is. It might be, but that would be very, very rare. And, and then... Um, look at look at the the other things that you could do. Okay, so when you're looking at how to assess and correct um, the the cause of low back pain, first you need a full spine set of X-rays. You're looking at lateral lumbar flexion, so you're bending the body to the one side, bending to the other side. You need to look at the neck. 
um, measuring the autonomic nervous system would be fantastic. And this way you're getting heart rate variability, rolling thermo, surface electromyography. If you can measure a full body thermography, you're going to find some chemical stressors. That's also fantastic. So get data accurately. Find out what the problem is. If you're only using an MRI where you're laying down on a, on a flat uh, plate and the magnet's spinning around you, you've got the gravity pushing down and table pushing back. So do not look at low back pain as located in the low back. It's going to have to do with the thoracic area, um, forward head carriage, altered gait, unstable pelvis. So I tell people, I say, you got a low back disc problem that's an alarm to tell you that the body is not healthy. And so what's the ultimate? Like, how do you correct this? Number one, whatever you find, you got to fix. So a lot of people with low back pain, you can de- decrease that low back pain by restoring the curve in the neck, okay? by changing the auto biomechanics, by, by having them sit up or by stabilizing the pelvis. Um, their, their bodies are in such a stressed state that they can't sleep, so they can't heal. And this, this is classic when you're sleeping and you roll over and that pain wakes you up. Uh, guess what? Okay, it has to do with not just sleeping and, and being in pain, but also your room has to be totally dark because you go through these 90-minute cycles called rapid eye movement, and when you're in that deep state of sleep, beautiful, your body is regenerating, um, you're, you're, most of your energy is going to healing. If that cycle called rapid eye movement only lasts 90 minutes, when you've completed 90 minutes, then your eyes are going to open. And when they open, those, if there's any light source, bam, that fight-or-flight system kicks in. And what does that do? That makes the muscles down either side of the spine fire off or increase in tone. And if you already have an issue back there, bam, that's going to fire off, and then you'll notice the back pain. So you complete the cycle of sleep. If there's any visual disturbance, like enough light to see your hand in front of your face, um, then the muscles fire off, then that's the pain. So when people say, the pain woke me up, I say, you know, I don't know if that's true. Where are you sleeping? You know, is it dark? Are you wearing nightshades? Sleep patterns are huge. And then knowing that a person's in a stressed state um, their diet and nutrition is hugely important. Um, juicing and blending and antioxidants. And then you have to address the emotional component. Okay, and neurolinguistic programming, emotional freedom technique, eye movement, desensitization response. I mean, there's a tons of ways that you can address that. So when we always put up the five keys to health and healing, proper nerve supply, and that is looking at the low back, but not just the site of symptoms. If One thing, if you have a doctor that thinks that low back pain is from the low back, switch the doctor. Switch the doctor. Uh, if you have a doctor that says, wow, okay, so you hurt your back lifting up a pot, or you hurt your back um, bending over to the seat to get your purse, or you hurt your back doing this, those are normal activities. 
to have pain elicited after normal activity means that you're doing a normal action with an abnormal structure. So that's when the detective work begins. It's not doing an action getting that pain. You have to assess why that pain was there. And that's when you look at the overall body. And so when we have somebody with back pain, 100%, I'll say, look, take off your shoes. If I see bunion formation, if I see a structural deviation, if I see any of that stuff, I know, wow, this person's had long-term back issues. So proper nerve supply, regular exercise, this means you're moving every joint every day, proper nutrition, this means a man makes it, you're not eating it. And this means, you know, it's easier to get amino acids from plants. Um, when you're in a stress state, it's harder to get it from animals. But eating healthy animals is okay. Okay, it's when you're in a stress state, we recommend a lot of vegetable juicing. Then sufficient rest. Your body can't heal if you can't sleep. And then the most important, and this is just as important, has the physical stress just as important as the chemical stressors is the prayer and meditation. This, this connecting with God, getting a few moments every day to, to um, allow your body to connect with its, uh, a power greater than you. That's prayer. Meditation puts your body in a healing state, a parasympathetic state. So when we say physical, chemical, emotional stress, if you address all three of those, oh boy, you are styling. So we're going to be covering all of this stuff tonight. And uh, I got to tell you, it's, it's going to be pretty exciting. We were here last week um, and the week before, but I couldn't do the radio show um, because I was so busy. I was actually working through lunch. So <laughs> I'm glad to get back on the radio again. This is Dr. John Bergman, your voice of reason. God bless you, and I love you. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.